Hey friends, welcome back. Today we're talking about Sabbath. Sabbath is, of course, a Hebrew concept, a Jewish concept, and a concept that then comes into the Christian tradition. It's often misunderstood. Sometimes the Sabbath is this dreary day when we don't get to have any fun. We don't get to do the things we normally want to do because we have got to kneel down and bow before the God of the heavens and we need to do certain religious things because God really needs people to do religious things to make him happy or to keep his engine flowing or or something. This idea is not a very helpful one, it seems to us, and in many ways, because of the legalism of this concept of carving out a day where you don't work, because it's so often been associated with very strict forms of religion, we may often find ourselves missing out on the great teaching of Jesus, who said that the Sabbath is made for people. People were not made for the Sabbath. And that keys us into something that's really important. This is a conversation not about the teachings of Jesus, of course, but rather three chapters from the Tao Te Ching, chapter 11, chapter 12, and chapter 73. In these chapters, we realize the importance of having space, space for creativity, space for healing, space for rest, and in that space, a space for us to find our own agency, our own empowerment. This is a really important feature of the lessons from the Tao Te Ching for life and for thriving. So glad you're with us. Let's go. Stacy, when we think about the Sabbath, you know, I, I was thinking like, like all the nagging things I'm not supposed to do. I want to go out to eat after church. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Don Jose. Now you're the, making somebody else work on a Sunday. Now make, <laughs> and it's the worst. So you used to be a food server. Correct. Is there ever any talk about the church people after, after Sunday service? Um, no, no, not, you know, not too bad. I mean, I think we appreciated, uh, you know, folks coming in. That's true. Business is business. You know, business is business. Um, I, you know, I must say that I can usually, honestly, probably say, I mean, I, it was a pretty good percentage of them that I wasn't going to get a great tip. Right. That's, that's kind of where I was going. I've heard this. <laughs> right. That, you know, you've got a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of folks who don't go out all the time, but they're mm-hmm. going to go out with their family after church. Uh, we certainly probably caused a lot of trouble for our servers because we, we had a bunch of high school kids from the youth group. We'd go out to Don Jose's. I can yes. still taste it. In fact, <laughs> let's go. Let's go tonight. Before <laughs> oh, they gosh, sh- no, no, no. Like, we'll get something to go, you know, before everybody shuts down. You know, I don't know if they're doing to go or something. <laughs> that but, is funny because that's one of those places that... It doesn't when, taste good. Well, some parts of it do, actually. Yeah. And I actually... And I think... I think that there's a, a sense of um, nostalgia. That's what I'm know, saying. It's not high, I'm saying it's not high cuisine. <laughs> no, no. But but places can. They can bring you back to a moment, a, yeah. a spot, you know, that, and it's pretty powerful. So we'd all go out after church. And why was that an important one? Because as long as we got eight of the students to buy something, then mm-hmm. the rest of us could have some of their beans and rice. They had chi- mo- they'd offer chips and salsa Chips and for salsa free. for poor Jeff. And they had some, I think, bean dip, I believe. And, and that was always a favorite, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, but I mean, 
you had to pay for the bean dip. See, for me, if I got one iced tea, I, I could afford to hang out with all the rich kids in Orange County. Gotcha. And uh, that would that would buy them. I mean, they didn't like it. But it would, and then they'd keep having to, for $2, they'd have to keep serving me the iced tea. You know? <laughs> right. Well, and I'd always like, I'd always get worried when I see the $10 bill that somebody's showing up with and then they order the entree that's like, Eight ninety five. Thinking, okay, I've got ten bucks, right? So, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, wait a minute. What about your drink? And what people about people would always stiff and us? Tip? And anyway, a bunch of kids with a with a little bit of cash is never, never yeah. a recipe for no. whoever feels responsible at no. the end of that check. <laughs> but the but then there's some people that just wouldn't at all. I remember there was one church group. It was in the Dutch tr- uh, reform tradition, mm-hmm. and I was uh, I was I was a youth worker. And I was not from that tradition. And so I foolishly said, hey, after church, we're going to have a barbecue at my house with the youth group. No, you can't cook. That would seem like a really natural Mm -hmm. youth group kind of thing to do. And uh, some of the older uh, gentlemen, smoking cigarettes, by the way, you know, outside of church, smoking. Jeffrey, yeah, yes. Uh, We're very happy that you are uh, getting involved with the young people, but the... Uh, the problem we have is that you you cannot you cannot have a barbecue on a Sunday. <laughs> that's that's I, work. Right? I said, well, yeah, this is the Lord's Day, and I said, but wait, 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 barbecue's not work. Barbecue's relaxing. Jeffrey, do you do you think that you would be cleaning the barbecue before you serve my daughter a, a, a burger that you cooked on this grill? I said, well, I mean, theoretically, I could I could scrape it today, you know, and then next week. You know, it'll be clean. Mm-hmm. But no, I would, I'd probably be scraping it from time to time, get the, get the meat. This is our problem, Jeffrey. That is work. Yeah. <laughs> and this is one of the reasons I came to learn that they, they were kind of fans of the pea soup. I loved the Dutch uh, Reformed ladies' pea soup. But the reason their pea soup was so cool was that they were able to, to kind of put it all together, put the ham hock and the, and the stuff in to the crock pot on Saturday so that they didn't have to work on Sunday, come home from church and have your soup already there. Nothing to prepare, just ladle it out. They would have their shoes polished the night before so they could get, just get up in the morning for church, didn't polish the shoes. It was very much kind of like an Orthodox Jewish world. Yeah, it felt like there was a... <laughs> A lot of preparation and a lot of work going into a Sunday mm-hmm. um, that they seem to do in order to not work on Sunday. Right? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of work not working. <laughs> a lot of planning. Now, look, it, that's your tradition. You're Dutch, you're Jewish. Have at it. Have your fun. But that ain't for old Malinson. Well, I, and I would say, too, and, that, and that's one of the things. So, yes, Sabbath, I think there's been so many ways that it has been taken over, and it comes with its new expectations. And so... There, there's, and there's a space for that too. And what I want to suggest here is that we each need a, a Sabbath, a true Sabbath. So if, if, especially if you're a pastor, Sundays really aren't your, your Sabbath, right? right? In right. the same sense, right? So whatever though, that's that, your go day. <laughs> that's your, yeah, yeah. like you you have to work harder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of times I, th- you know, there's several pastors I know that will then take Monday off, right? right. And you do need and that. And restaurateurs, you know, people who have to work, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, at the beach town. For the weekends yeah, the and weekend. things like yeah. that. Monday's a good day to kind of shut down and, and not be open. But wherever, I mean, however it is that you find that that rest that actually is restful for mm-hmm. you is really important. And it's really important to guard that space. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thought of... I'm thinking of, you know, in the airplanes when they talk about the masks, right? And the flight attendant tells you, you know, put your own mask on before you're putting on, you know, the mask on those, you know, children or those around you. 
Sabbath is like putting on that oxygen mask. And we often, there's a tendency sometimes to associate, um, you know, like a guilty feeling for taking that time Mm -hmm. for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I mean, what do you think for ladies that like to go get their nails done or their hair done? That's, that's a Sabbath for them. There's a rest Mm -hmm. in that of just being taken care of for a second. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even though that's not really my thing. I do not begrudge it. No, I wish it <laughs> were your thing. Because it would be kind of nice to kind of chill out a little bit. But you just don't, you don't like people touching your feet. You don't want the fungus. I just, okay, the fungus was one thing. And I'm sure they've, that was a long time ago. Probably, you, know, pe- you, know. you know people love pedicures. Oh, I know. I totally know. Let's go get a pedicure. Let's go get a pedicure before they shut everything down. And then let's let's no, get I'll, some. I'll wait till it reopens. Okay, I think I'll COVID. feel I'll feel safer on the other end of it. Not you know, if I waited this long, I don't need to like cram it in right before it could possibly be the worst. As time. we're recording, friends, we've just moved into the purple zone, which means within 24 hours, the um, the businesses around here are going to have to uh, close off some of their non-essential things. And I'm not sure Stacy's uh, toenail polish is an essential business. I haven't looked into it because, as we've said. So, You've never been to one, really, since ever. It's been like, a long time. You're I a think, teenager, I think. Oh, no, I, I think it was right before. Well, I was a teenager, I guess, because it was right before our wedding. <laughs> teenage so. bride. You were 19. <laughs> you were 19. Right? Well, and I turned 20. So okay. technically, it was probably while I was 20 that, okay. you know, that that happened. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's been a couple decades. Yeah. I, don't, I don't go... Um, I, you know, and get manicures and pedicures and, and your feet aren't these disgusting things no. that need to be shaved down. It's, 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 it's just, yeah, it's not like yeah, they're gross no, and your nails, growing. Yeah, no, it's like, not like I that. Just, you trim your nails. Yeah. I <laughs> take just, care of my nails, you, you know, but I, yeah, I don't have other people but, doing but it. And it sounds bougie, but what I'm saying is there's so many women that, and men, men that enjoy it, you know, uh, but there's so many women that have to be always nurturing others. I, I really do respect that need. I don't think it's bougie and, and. And upper class only. It's like there's sometimes you just need somebody, that tenderness. To take care of yeah, you. Yeah. Getting a haircut. Just something that just is, you're being nurtured. Right. And you could think of that then as what you're saying in a, in a deeper spiritual way. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. And, you know, and for me, I get that more from, you know, being out in nature. You know, taking taking a hike or a walk or, you know, going to the the beach and walking around, you know, down there, seeing a sunset, you know, being near a campfire. Well, my newest one that I'm very glad that you've joined us for. <laughs> yes. Roller skate. You, you, so Jeff just got his early birthday slash Christmas. We, you know, we didn't want to. Well, the, the cost kind of puts it at like two Christmases <laughs> for something so frivolous, but it's been really nice. We, um, there's been, because of this uh, TikTok video, there's been a run on roller skates, and so I was trying to get roller skates for the whole family, and it's been very difficult uh, to get what I, what I was hoping to get because uh, everybody's bought them up. I don't know if it's partly people wanting to have something to do during COVID where you can get some exercise. And there's also, and there's also just the, the run on the parts and how long it might take to get yeah. parts and things yeah. like that, too. So I got, I got a super dope, um, uh, the high-top vans, the skater vans, and then custom put on some of some of these really nice components which sounded great i mean i had this dream i was buzzing on this dream of designing a custom skate i've got these like these titanium um you know uh, parts and great bearings 
And as I'm building it, it's kind of like, you know, if you're ever playing a video game where you build your own character, this is building something, <laughs> but I built it a little too fast. <laughs> so um, there was some as terror things. Yeah, as if you were a lifetime skater that was already a pro, right? That- yeah, and it's great when you're flat. Like, so if we're, if we're at a boardwalk or if uh, down here by the university, there are these beautiful trails. Um, but even little dips with those trails, yeah. I will sail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I feel, I mean, they're great. But, I mean, the difference between what you remember when you're a kid at the roller rink and mm-hmm. what you could equip yourself with, uh, boy, it's a different scene. I mean, yeah. I got some speed skates, so I, I got to watch myself. I got my pads. And we, you, don't, yeah, we don't quite have the, the, the balance and, and all of that, the, the finesse that we used to yes, have. You but know, I'm going to learn. We're learning and we're learn. getting back to it. And we're, you know, we're taking it slowly, right? But, and, you know, it's stupid, or not stupid, but as silly as we might look, and some people are like, oh, no, I'll never wear pads. We mm-hmm. are, we're, I'm not like, I, we don't need to be in the hospital right now yeah, with thank, a shattered knee. Thank you for elbow. making me get pads. Yes. And yeah. so, you know, at least, at least that temporary time while we're No, you should always have pads. And as soon as, as soon as you think you're, you, you don't need the pads, then just do something more dangerous. So just live right <laughs> on the edge, right? Start doing half pipes and stuff. My goal, and I'm never going to probably be able to do it, but I do have this, this goal of to get up to Venice Beach where, um, I want to, first of all, I want to get a picture in front of the uh, mural that Heather mentioned where she had commissioned somebody to do Jesus on roller skates. Mm. So I want to have my roller skates <laughs> in front of the, but, but I want to do Venice Beach, which is just, that's, especially after COVID, I'm hoping that'll be just a fun place to go. Mm-hmm. That's, that'll be my dream to try to get through if we have another quarantine. But they have a really cool spot where people are doing the, doing the, um, uh, like the, 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 the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, okay, it's a skate yeah, park. yeah, 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 yeah. The emptied out swimming pool style of uh, just kind of just mm-hmm. diving into that and and just I remember into earbuds. them very well. There's some really really they're really ex- good. I'm good embarrassed, things. but I'm gonna see what I got to do to try to get on that scene. Mm-hmm. And that's my game. Mm-hmm. That's my game. I'm gonna try it. I, 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 partly because the motorcycle has been fun. That's been a way for me to do that. But but now for my you know if I have a Sabbath within within a day, say you know 45 minutes of getting outside, I need to take the dog with me. Yeah. So if I'm gonna do an hour long motorcycle ride. I might as well do an hour-long skate right. with the dog because the dog can then run a little bit. And she went night-night yesterday after our adventure. Yes, she was crashed. And and so, yeah, about our adventure, one of the things, so, you know, I, I got these cheaper skates that are, you know, a little bit, uh, I think they're the perfect beginner skate for yeah. me because they're not, you know, overly fast. And I wanted that. I wanted right. something <laughs> yeah. my pace because I didn't want to, I didn't want to get on, like, all of a sudden have it freak me out, fall down and be like, okay, this is just not for me. So I figured, you know, take it slow. But what I really did appreciate about the skate adventure that we went on for a couple hours yesterday was (laughs) because there was all these different little twigs and debris and things like that in the ground, I had to be conscious of my every step that I was taking, my every roll that I was rolling on the skates and, and be very conscious of all of the surroundings. And Mm so, you know, here's, I'm I'm like, here's a tree. So I know there's probably a portion of the sidewalk that's going to be lifting up. So let's not get caught up on, you know, the uneven sidewalk and, but just being aware. So, okay, for sure I have to look there, you know, see that there's a tree coming up or that, you know, the different types of trees that will, some some are dropping little acorny things, you know, that could just stop us right in our tracks if we're not careful. And other ones, you know, it's going to be harmless with just some, you know, some leaves or whatever. But and in this way, friends, this is an, a type, in a way, of active meditation. It does the same thing to the brain 
or at least a similar thing to the brain that you see happening with Zazen in Zen meditation. Some people think that Zen meditation is something you do for a long period of time so that at some point down the line, you become enlightened. But the actual teaching of Zen, this is not all meditative traditions, but the concept of Zen, less of a concept and more of just the act, the point of meditating in the lotus position with your, with your hands uh, in, a, in, a, in like an oval shape on your lap and your back straight up and your chin tilted down and your breath steady f- is to sit in that position and focus on your breath. That's the point. It is not to get enlightenment. The idea is you already have enlightenment. You just need to, to wipe off the, the lens or, you know, as mm-hmm. it were, so you can see clearly. Basically, get out of your own head. Get out of your head. Your own thoughts, your own feelings for a second. Get to the beginner's mind. And I, you know, I know that a lot of people, they don't even like the idea, uh, if you're from a Jewish, Christian, or, or, or Muslim background, of tinkering with these foreign Eastern ideas, like the Tao Te Ching even. But I'd go farther and say, you don't have to become a Buddhist no. to do Zen meditation, because the great thing about Zen meditation is there's no content to it. Mm-hmm. The point is to just be aware, right. be present, be aware. And what it does then is that later on you can come back to it. If you're in a panic, panic situation, mm-hmm. you've heard tragic news. Your spouse is in a car accident and is going to the hospital and you're waiting. What is the best thing for you to do to make the right decisions and to survive this emotionally to sit still. You could sit in a chair and breathe, focus on your breath. Be that presence, mm-hmm. be that awareness. All right. So this, to me... Well, yeah. but really quick, one more thing I'd like to add. Even a little less serious, but you're really impatient in a grocery line. Holidays are coming up, right? Yeah. And you, maybe you're at the grocery store and there's this really long line. There, You can just, for that moment, you can... Standing up still, even though you're not sitting down, you could mm-hmm. still go back into that space and and sort of reclaim that moment rather than, you know, hemming and hawing and looking at your, your watch yeah. and wondering, you know, when am I going to get out of here, right? That's right. There are so many applications to that. It's just a good technique. But this is why I bring it up. Because, of course, it, like I said, that's something that you're also doing with the skating. You're not thinking about your mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about your feet. And the feeling of flying through the fu- the park. Mm-hmm. And I became Im- intimately aware wheel. that even in you know we don't we don't have a whole lot of seasons here in California, but mm-hmm. that we've moved into a fallish version, right. <laughs> California's right. version of fall. But it became intimately aware of that yesterday mm-hmm. by the the color of the leaves that were dropping, the types of twigs and things like that that I saw. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the way it all was. Like now I have, you know, there's times when seasons can just blow by us. And I don't, I don't, if it wasn't for me watching the garden in the spring and seeing all the butterflies, I would not have remembered last spring. You were in a funk Mm -hmm. and you really were in a funk until you started just staying outside videotaping butterflies. the butterflies. Yeah, we were like, we were slow. <laughs> it became my, my, little, my little passion, but I was able to, you know, watch them, you know, watch the, the caterpillars as they were eating and then, you know, them forming their chrysalis. And then yeah. I knew by watching the, the chrysalis, like by seeing the changing in the color that I got to the point where I would know within about 12 hours time that this thing was going to come out and I would just pay more attention to those. But 
all of it, I was able to just, I, I had no idea what to expect at first, you know, but I became intimately aware of the garden and even the wasps that were trying to eat at the guys. I was like, no, you know, I want to get those around, you know, get those out of the way. But just even seeing all of the life that was in the garden there, um, even though my focus was butterflies. And a similar thing has happened to us uh, with bird watching and hiking. Yeah. And I, I lo- like I mentioned, I love hiking. But until we started bird watching, I, I don't really remember a lot of the hikes that we took. It right. was, you know, there's a couple that they stand out, fade, some things, yeah. but, but for the most part, like then when, when we started bird watching, I remember that first hike yeah. with the two boys with us. Yep. I remember details of this. I, I, I remember, yeah. I remember the trees coming alive. I remember all the different birds that we saw that even I was more in tune with the, the squirrels and, you know, and it just everything kind of popped alive and, and I saw it in a way that I never had those eyes to see it before. I remember a tree in evergreen that had a gray jay in it. I remember the berries on the fir that it was sit the, the tree that was sitting in. Mm-hmm. I remember the smell of the of the composting you know soil beneath it. I remember that Aiden was wearing a a, uh, a little hockey yes, outfit. I, so like all that stuff mm-hmm. is all tied in with it. And the same thing happened to us in the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. when we would take hikes. And if you just took a hike, that it would just kind of evaporate. But if we took a hike and we were looking for geocaches, or even or better, blueberries, blueberries, or... <laughs> huckleberries. The big one was um, identifying wild mushrooms for eating. Mm-hmm. And when we went to go out and get boletes and oyster mushrooms and morels and chanterelles and all that, your eyes just get totally focused in on things. And we'd see lost phones and mm-hmm. rock formations that we would have seen. So the point is. That by emptying ourselves, by emptying or creating this space and protecting that space, then we receive lavish blessings. It is, Sabbath isn't about austerity. Mm -hmm. Sabbath isn't really a a, a famine. It's a feast. So even like in Lent, in the Christian calendar, uh, and like when we were at Oxford, even during Lent, on Sunday, we'd have this wonderful feast. The only thing I really liked at the dang college food-wise, <laughs> they just had terrible food. I mean, just England had terrible food except for Indian food and kebabs. But uh, nice people. It's terrible, terrible food. But uh, the one thing I liked was the that... the college food was even worse. It was another level. <laughs> terrible. But, um, but it was this, the roasted potatoes mm. and the beef, that, that classic British Sunday dinner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the middle of the day that was beautiful so that's that is sabbath whereas it's the feast that comes when you're not scarfing down a sandwich as you're racing right. through you know the middle of the city right it's actually sitting down and having that meal together. with the family being there welcoming the presence mm-hmm. capital p and so uh ultimately that's that's the that's the origin of it the origin of it is don't work and you should be religious about not working on that day. We'll explain that in a second. But one of the greatest things that the Jewish tradition brought to the Western world and the Eastern world, really, is the idea that you can't work somebody to the bone mm-hmm. and never have a break. You need to have a cycle of rest. And this is true for plants and animals. Mm-hmm. It's true for your livestock, your fields. It's true for debt. So there's a sense in which, yeah, you've got the you've got the Sabbath, but there's also this year of Jubilee where we release debt so that people aren't just 
ground down into debt servitude and slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a, a justice issue. This is like the minimum wage or or you know basic rights for workers. It is essential. And so to say the Sabbath isn't important to the biblical tradition, the Sabbath is more in, important to the first two-thirds of the Bible than the afterlife is mm. by far. Mm-hmm. Let me think of it that way. We talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I do want to say, though, that it can go wrong. And I don't want to say this to be, because there's so much anti-Jewish sentiment, uh, anti-Semitic conversations within the church, even in liberal churches, mm. the way that they um, misread the New Testament as a rejection of Judaism. But I do think that the, the key, though, is a deeply human concern that I think is my point of contact with other Jewish people. Uh, religious Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, we were at a Modest Yahoo concert. I may have told this on another podcast, but if I may, because it's important. Yeah, I think. no, this is, it connects well. We, yeah, we were at this Mod- Modest Yahoo concert, and I was um, still smoking at the time, and unfortunately I have not mm-hmm. been smoking. I'm very happy about that. But at the time I went out for a smoke um, at the, this venue, at the Belly Up, our favorite venue there in San Diego County for concerts, and uh, popped out. And I ran into a guy who was with Modest Yahoo's um, outfit. Uh, Modest Yahoo is a guy who started out um, from Crown Heights as a, a Hasidic reggae artist who at some point got rid of the religious part of it. And he says, it's not that I'm no longer religious so much as I just let go of the doubt, that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm no longer living in fear of God or fear of uh, the Sabbath laws. He shaves his beard, but he still cares about the spirituality of, of, of Judaism and, and so forth, and speci- specifically mystical Judaism. Right. And in any case, but he had an Orthodox uh, Jewish um, guy along, and what this guy's job was, um, was he would, um, he, he was, he was Jewish, but I think it was like, I think his mom was Jewish, so he was Jewish, but his dad wasn't. There was something, and I, I, I wish, you know, yeah, there was a lot of noise and stuff, but I was just kind of, he, we were running into him, and we got into this long conversation about Christianity, because he found out that I worked at this Christian university, and that uh, I was Christian, and he wanted to say, you know, well, Jesus didn't walk on water, and Christians are, like, you know, oppressive and all this. I was like, all right, but, um, but I wanted to learn more about what he was up to. Uh, he was, uh, at this particular day, he was allowed to get drunk and sleep with uh, Gentile women, he said. I don't know if he was making this up because he was drunk or this is what he did. <laughs> right, right. Uh, because he was in seminary, essentially. He was studying to become a rabbi, and uh, he um, he was not allowed to to have sex with <laughs> Gentile women, except for three days a year to just get it out of your system. Hmm. And whether he made this up himself or his rabbi made this up, uh, I don't Whatever, know. but this was what, he, this what, was he, was what he was living by. And he was getting a little crazy. He was getting drunk. And the main reason I got into the conversation with him is because at this concert, most people were not drinking a lot. Right. They were all stoned. It was a reggae concert. So they were on weed. And one of the things, friends, if you're a grandma, listen to us. Hello? Uh, if you're a grandma in New Jersey and you're worried that, that they just started the recreational, uh, uh, the recreational marijuana in your, in your part of town and you're worried about it, I'm uh, going to say this one thing at least. And that is from the vantage point of rock and roll concerts, uh, it has been a net positive because the drinking culture has uh, receded. That is, mm-hmm. um, the kids might have, um, you know, a little brownie or something and, um, uh, and then just kind of relax and listen to the music, but they're not drinking they're, they're not drinking like five, um, you know, five beers and getting belligerent. So anyway, so this guy was like the, one of the only guys drinking 
and uh, and he was getting belligerent, and he was getting a little bit uh, aggressively coming on to the women, and so I stepped in. So anyway, the good news was I was able to settle him down and kind of get him off the aggressive. Uh, and it wasn't aggressive like he was a bad man. It was mm-hmm. just he was doing like a 1980s flow mm-hmm. for how like, you know, when, when drunk bros like pick up on chicks, man. Right. Um, and so yeah, you know, I was kind of cluing him into the so scene everybody change. Everybody was kind of, yeah, everybody was pretty chill. And then he just definitely had this like blurred belligerentness. Yeah, about but just him. he was drunk and nobody yeah. else was drunk. And the part of it is he's, he's like spent a lot of time on the East Coast where mm. they hadn't recreationalized mm. cannabis. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so it was just like a culture shift. Mm-hmm. It wasn't New Jersey, <laughs> you know, at this time. But um, but then we got to talking about spirituality, and it was a really like transformative moment where it was kind of reminded us of the of the Amish right. people that we ran into, where he really wasn't a bad guy. He just didn't know how to be naughty, right? Like he <laughs> right, was an right. amateur at being right, naughty. Right. He was otherwise a very good religious person, and so you know. So what does he do for a living? He, what he really does, though, his real job is he's like this guy. He's it's like an Uber app. It's for Orthodox Jews who don't want to do uh, don't want to do work on Saturday mm. on the Sabbath. So let's say that you're a seventy five year old single, uh, you know, uh, widow, or and you live in, in Newport Beach, you know, and uh, you you need your light goes out. Well, to change the light bulb is work, mm. but you also don't want to get somebody who's kind of like un, like unclean to come into the house to change the bulb. So, <laughs> right. it, it, so what he is is in this u- really unique position. He's kind of like semi-Jewish, so he's Jewish enough to come in and change the light bulb, but he's not so orthodox that he right. doesn't do it. And I mean, if listen, friends, if this is your world and you want to like key us into what this is, if there's a name for it, right. you know, there might be more to but, it um, that we don't know. I don't even know what the keywords to search on this are, or like <laughs> what the app would be. But the point is, he does work for people on the Sabbath so that they don't have to do work. Correct. And a lot of these jobs are kind of very basic, you know, um, handyman ish, like you said, light bulb yeah, changing. There so it's are not really things you might need, but yeah. but stuff that isn't too hard to fix. There are also these kind of Rube Goldberg devices and things that people will install in your house to do work that <laughs> make you not have to do work gotcha. in Jewish communities on the East Coast. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. And I and he was and he was resentful of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Do you love studying Judaism and the ancient texts and the and the Tanakh?" And he said, "Yeah." But you hate this. And I said, "You don't have to start here with saying that Jesus walked on water. Jesus was a rabbi." in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Just like you, trying to understand these things, trying to be a teacher of these things. Mm-hmm. And he said, the Sabbath is made for people, not people for the Sabbath. Mm. He's speaking to you, my man. <laughs> and and for you not to reject, you know, you don't have to reject your religion on this, but, but I am inviting you to say like, instead of having religion being a, an oppressive set of rules, mm-hmm. it's it's best used as a liberating set of rules. Right. The liberation from what? from having to slave away every single day right. of your life. Right, right. And it's so, it is so interesting how so many things that sort of begin as something healthy for us. Yes. <laughs> Once again, we turn it into yet another task to do or an item, you know, like, mm-hmm. or, or something that is just like uh, an obligation, you know. Meanwhile, up until recently, we kind of resented Sabbath as a concept, as this legalistic nonsense. And so we didn't get to 
take advantage of it. We didn't carve out mm-hmm. space in our own lives. Well, and it, usually Sundays had so much going on. I, I would say, you know, you most of our life, you know, we're sitting around finally for ourselves at what, three o'clock or something. Maybe you know. we get three o'clock, but then you're thinking about work <laughs> the Sunday. next day. Right. And, so, and, you, yeah. and the other thing, the other thing too, that I, uh, we've done not, not as faithfully as what we probably should, but again, it's for us. <laughs> so we got to you know, take it in stride. But the idea of backing off of uh, social media or phones and things like that for either one day or or a section. Yeah, the news, yeah. anything like that, and just be present but not be absorbed into our yeah. technology. And when we've had that space, it it felt like I was actually on a refreshing vacation. Yeah. Do it for you, friends. And <laughs> right, and I, I even and I, I think I've referenced this before, but I did watch this YouTube video of this guy who was explaining that we often do get fatigue from you know, all of the devices and all of this information that's always being thrown at us and, and just our eyes even, you know, for our computer screens and things like that. And it overstimulates us. It affects our sleep. But it's hard for us to sort of calm down at the yeah. end of the day. And and especially if you looked at your phone, right, before you're trying to go to bed, that, that there's something in it that wakes you up. And that the best thing you can do to sort of even reset your own energy level is to step away for a day yeah. to give yourself that 24 hour break. And it kind of resets your brain so that when you look at the computer screen, it's not immediate, like tired fatigue feeling that you're yeah. feeling instead, you know, it, it, you can come at it with like, you know, a more fresh set of eyes. So it wasn't really until I read Rabbi Abraham Heschel that I started to see the real deep and powerful value of Sabbath. Abraham Heschel is a really groovy writer from, he's a Jewish guy. Mm-hmm. And um, I recommend it. If you're a Christian, if you're non-religious, his text on Sabbath, I'll link to it, is, um, you know, really important. Abraham Heschel on the Sabbath. Uh, In any case, even with that in the back of my mind, I never really took it seriously enough until recently when we were translating the Tao Te Ching. So that takes us to our actual text. You know, we might as well get to it. It took a long time. Well, but friends, you know, part of it, this is the backstory when we think about Sabbath and it is all everything we've been saying up to this point. It has been informed by these three chapters. Why don't we start with chapter 11? 30 spokes meet at a hub. The empty space at the center is what lets the wheel go round. Spin away. Shape your clay. Craft your cup. The empty space of the vessel is what lets it receive fullness. Chisel windows and doors out of the walls to make a house. The empty space between the walls creates room for living. Therefore, what exists can be crafted for our advantage, but it's the empty space that makes it useful. One of the most beautiful images from this text. And it also is such a beautiful thing to to contemplate mm-hmm. that the that the point of a cup is the emptiness inside of it. Yeah, what's what it's going to hold. And that's our lives. That's our week. Yeah. That's our that's our our year. I also love the image of of the walls of the room cuz mm. you know you think of you know you walk into a space that's your home say that maybe it's a new place. Well, it's not really home until you what you put in it and and us being present in the home, right? And how we decorate it. And then it becomes that home. Mm. But then somebody, you know, you can move all your stuff out and then somebody else can, you know, make it their own. Uh, but how 
magical it can be to create a space inside of a, a building or a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sometimes the way, you know, you even, you know, decorate a space to make it feel more relaxing and inviting, you know, or, or in our kitchen to kind of like, you know, we have a little bit of like the deeper like reds and it feels more vibrant, right? Mm. <laughs> to wake me up when I'm going to go make food or do dishes, right? We ain't into your feng shui, friends, <laughs> but we aren't against the general concept. You know, feng shui, we would see is, is with respect, a kind of a pseudo-scientific thing. But the idea that the way that you spiritually and emotionally decorate and arrange your space matters. Is, it really does. And yeah. and even just I think some of the some of the times in the past, you know, largely because we didn't have a lot of money or whatever, but we would seem to save and take a lot more things, you know, often with us and sometimes, you know, learning as we because we'd move and even out of state to learning to let go of some things and then by used again, you know, the new place that actually fits it mm. has seemed like such a, you know, more spiritually pleasant place yeah. than when we've tried to like force furniture and things like that to fit in spaces that, you know, it doesn't work. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, that has been one of the things we've done well. <laughs> Learn to do well, but it didn't start I, out that well, way. Well, but I mean, we, we never really were addicted to buying brand new furniture. No. So you get used furniture, then you sell used furniture, then you buy new used furniture fitting to the space and, you know, fitting to the, um, the, the, the zone that you want to create. Right. So, so Sabbath is, um, is so important spiritually and emotionally and for productivity and everything. And we think that we just got to keep running, running, running and, mm-hmm. We don't get that perspective that the Tao Te Ching asks us to consider of waiting, conserving energy, and then acting when you need to right. act. Right, way. Yeah. So, uh, what, is, what does chapter 12 tell us? Chapter 12, I just want to briefly mention that one because we have covered that one on a different show. The part I want to point out is just basically the end part uh, where it talks about, it says, therefore the sage attends to essential nourishment Instead of mind-numbing diversions, she selects healthy food, ignoring empty calories. And there are spaces where, in throughout the Tao Te Ching, where I feel like there's this focus on, you know, looking at even just, you know, what are you putting in your body, right? Mm-hmm. What, how are you nourishing your body? And there are times when we can fill our bellies, uh, but we aren't necessarily really f- feeding our bodies the vitamins and minerals that we need. And I can't tell you how <laughs> my my comfort food is to have <laughs> chips and cheese. Yeah, you, it is. Yeah, like <laughs> it really is. What's like, what's like salsa? If I hear, if I hear, on, yeah, <laughs> that's Deep. that's my little comfort food. But I can't live on that. You know that I might pass up sometimes an orange for my you know my mm-hmm. uh, chips and cheese, especially during a stressful part of the day. And but I realize that if I actually do eat the the orange, I feel better, right? Yeah, but I don't. I I feel like I have less energy after my little bout with uh, chips and cheese and I do if I would have had something healthier and I I think that it can be easy each time we make decisions as we're going you know to the the cupboard the pantry or the refrigerator to uh, pull out what's comforting mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and rather than maybe what's what's nourishing and so that's something I'm trying to be more mindful of because I realize it makes a difference in how I feel but also but and yes but also, I think it's important to say that the emphasis isn't on, again, nagging you into doing right. the right thing. It's to say, what, do you, what really is good for you? Mm-hmm. And this is why it's kind of hard, because sometimes we'll say, 
the Tao Te Ching is very much about compassion for others, and it's it's about um, you know not being boastful. Mm-hmm. At the same time, one of the really strange ways of looking at this text is it is encouraging the individual to be selfish. Mm-hmm. And we almost thought, we originally thought that maybe we would have an entire lesson out of all of our lessons on selfishness to mm-hmm. say that, you know, this lesson is take time for Sabbath. And that, we think, is something that we could merge with selfishness. But what do we mean when we, when we say that the Tao Te Ching is interested in a kind of selfishness? So, for instance, if I get really frustrated... And I don't like stop for a second and take a breath and honor that frustration, first of all, and realize, okay, I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then be able to then sort of honestly take an honest inventory of what am I frustrated about? And is it something that I could let go of? Or is it something that actually is important but needs to and needs to be addressed? And at that point, then maybe you know schedule a time to talk with whoever I need to talk to or whatever. Or if it's in my own self, then maybe you know have a heart to heart and you know get to the bottom of it. Because sometimes you know our our responses are there for a reason and. If, you know, we need to honor that as well. There might be unfinished business that does need to happen, right? And that's causing your frustration. But if we are wandering around in our frustration, that bleeds on to everything else, right? So Mm -hmm. I think being able to, you know, again, with with that honesty, that truth, (laughs) you know, to, to really recognize the truth of what you're feeling or where you're at. And then again, is this, is it necessary? Is it like, you know, sometimes it's the, the part of, wow, I'm actually being kind of silly here. And I don't, I, this does not, this is not an equal response to what the situation is. Mm -hmm. And that if I just sometimes recognize it rather than just moving forward without thinking about it, then that will kind of help stop it in its tracks before it ruins your day mm-hmm. <laughs> or the kid's day and everything else. So, And hence, makes a better place for you to exist in. Right. right. I'm happier if I can get to the bottom of that. And this is a very technical but I think important thing for us to explore here with respect to the Tao Te Ching. Because one thing that we haven't talked about yet and one thing that's hard for people to get around, uh, get their minds around, is the idea that Lao Tzu seems to be influenced by uh, a guy named Yang Chu. And we don't have a lot of, uh, we don't have original text from Yang Chu. But at the time in the 5th century BC, before Jesus, um, you have uh, these competing schools. You have the legalists who say, if we just, you know, make sure we follow the, the codes of conduct, the rules, then we will have a polite society and that'll save the day. Mm. We have Confucians who emphasize the traditions and the social duties, and if everybody fulfills their calling in this, in this world with their duties, and they, and they stick to those traditional lines of respect of parents and authorities uh, and, and the ancestral traditions, then that will preserve society. It's kind of a conservatism. Then there is the, uh, then there is the uh, of course, the, the Taoists, but the Taoists 
um, seem to resonate with this guy, Yang Chu, who's what's called an ethical egoist. That is, uh, at least what people say about Yang Chu is that uh, your, your primary duty is to take care of what's good for you. And if everybody takes care of themselves then that'll be a good society, right? So mm-hmm. I shouldn't sacrifice my own agency, my own individuality for you, and you shouldn't sacrifice it for me, say, in a marriage. Mm-hmm. And that the best marriage is going to be where you are truly Stacy, and I am truly Jeff, and then we align. We're, we're mm-hmm. allies. But for you, like in a marriage, if you are going to have that, like the unity candle, where you blow out your, blow out your candle and you create a new candle, that would be a bad thing because you would then be losing your individuality and your identity, as opposed to joining together and making some beautiful partnership, yin and yang, say. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there's another group called the Moists that I really like um, because it reminds me of Jesus. Motsu was a guy who said that basically our duty is to love absolutely everybody. And you would think that these might be opposed. The guy who says we should love everybody and then, uh, then the guy who says we should love ourselves. But ultimately, the way I think Lao Tzu ends up dealing with this question is he's saying um, that to be selfish is good for others. Mm-hmm. To be selfish is the beginning. If, you're, if you love yourself, if you treat yourself well, then you can treat others well. If you're cruel to yourself, if you hate yourself, if you are self-loathing, you often will be abusive towards other people and, and angry towards other people and cruel and judgy if you judge yourself too harshly. Right. Well, you are what you eat. That's, that's, <laughs> there you go. That's what, you know, it kind of comes from that idea. But what, what are you feeding, you know, your, your mind with? You know, what, what thoughts are, are floating around in your head? And then that ultimately will come out. It will make itself known. You know, when somebody... When you talk with somebody, what comes out of their mouth? What are they, you know, you, you think it's like might be standard, right? But you're like, how was your day, right? Yeah. They might share something, you know, that was nice that happened. They might share something about, you know, a frustrating family member, friend, or coworker, right? Mm-hmm. But if they're going to expose a little bit about what's been going on in their head in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. If they're being honest with you. Um, and... And whether we realize it or not, like now, like if you need to talk about, because this coworker has been so annoying and now I need to like share that with you, all of a sudden it just puts this negativity kind of at you too, yeah. you know, or, but if I said something positive and that like, oh, it was the most amazing thing I went out and like, I saw this bird, you know, or something like even that, like, oh, that's kind of neat. Like maybe I should go look at birds or something, you know, it, it matters like, and it will come out whatever we're thinking in our head. And this is kind of a karmic thing, but violent men end up dying violently mm. is one of the teachings. Mm-hmm. Or if you do not help nourish people, they're going to riot. So it is in your best interest to love your children. It is in your best interest to care for widows and orphans. It's in your best interest to not allow people to live in abject poverty. Because if you allow them to live in abject poverty, at some point, they might line you up in your family against a wall in a revolutionary firing squad. And so it is in your best interest. It's in the best interest of businesses to make sure that people do not get crushed in this economic situation because then no one's going to buy their stuff. Mm -hmm. So since we are, as we've been saying, in this together, then by starting to, to nurture yourself, 
you are healthy and then you spread that health to others. And the Sabbath is that. It's mama time. Well, and can I also say that there is a way in which, and we think, oh, that we just need to be selfless and we just need to keep yes. giving of ourselves. And I think that there's, there is a sense of ego attached to that. Mm. That So the, the giving, when you've already sort of... Been depleted. Well, or so the, the, I was going to say the opposite. The giving that comes from after you've already dealt with yourself oh, yeah. and your own issues is truly, you're truly then giving out of your love and your surplus and, and your surplus yeah. or whatever you're able. Right. Yeah. But when, when you feel depleted and you're giving, 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 you're a martyr at that point. And yeah. you really should ask yourself, why do I feel the need to do this? What is, you know, do I, am I trying to be the hero? Yeah. Am I not being real with my limitations? You know, do I, you know, what is motivating this behavior? Because it's not life giving, it's life depleting. And I think that not that we look at everything, you know, like there's times when we have to do things for people and it may not be easy. (laughs) So there are those moments where we kind of have to to do some of that. But if we think that we're just there to exist, that we have to keep selflessly giving of ourselves to everybody else to the point of utter exhaustion and completion, I think you're just going to get sick and you're not going to be helpful to anybody. And there's, there's really nobody more unfortunate and, and unfortunately no one more toxic sometimes in a, let's say in a church than that lady who feels guilted into doing a bunch of stuff and is Mm -hmm. always like around the campus of a church but it's kind of frustrated all the time because no one's doing what they're supposed to do. And she's the one who has to do it. And she's this martyr. And and I'm saying she, just cause I can think of this person, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but, uh, and God love her. But you know that, you know that person where they're, they're, they're they're frustrated. They don't really want to be doing it. And now they're just angry. Like they got put on the women's luncheon committee chair. And this also happens at home at family gatherings. Yes. Okay. Tell me more. Okay. So there's those that, the meal's over, and so there's some family members that think that the first thing we got to do is just tackle that kitchen and get it all cleaned right. up. But they're angry that they're doing it, and no one's cleaning up. And people aren't helping them. Yet, maybe sometimes I've learned that those are also the better times to continue to have that conversation with each other. Sabbath. Because there are times for cleaning up. There will be in a little bit. But if we just spend all of the time that we have together as a family making the food and then cleaning up the food and then hurrying up with dessert and then everybody's tired and goes home. Yeah. Then when did you really have the that, that time to just marinate in each other's presence and just be there? Now you can also, you know, feel free to using the, for using even the kitchen cleanup time as a time you bond with, you know, the other folks that they're right. in the kitchen cleaning up, if that's how you all can relate to each other. But if it just becomes this uh, resentful yes. work, I'd, I'd say don't do that right then. And also get paper plates if you have to. <laughs> if you need to, whatever. Right? But let it work for you. Let it yeah. be a Sabbath for you and what you know what needs to happen and not let all of the these rules and expectations that we put on ourselves or other people be what is going to be in charge of the time that we're you know together. If you want to hear how this fits into the Christian tradition, go to our first lesson in uh, outfoxing religious wolves from the second season where we explore protecting your noggin with Jesus. The first chapter Mm -hmm. is put down the dishes and Mm -hmm. that's the story of Mary and Martha. And these are the two sisters where Jesus was visiting um, the home sisters of Lazarus. And when they're in this home, 
Martha is pissed off <laughs> that her sister is not doing she's, that she's work. She's sitting at the, f- f- the feet of Jesus and she's just taking in all and of what he's saying. Yeah, right? they're just there and they're present. And Martha's looking like, hey, Jesus, we have all these people coming over. Can you tell Mary to come help me in the kitchen? <laughs> We've right. got a lot to do here. We've got a lot to get ready. And he says, he says, Martha, man, you are so worried about so many things, but only one thing matters and your sister sees it. And I could say the one thing that matters in, in our context here is the Tao, right? Like, yeah. let's vibe with the Tao. Let's, let's center ourselves. And then I promise you, friends, even if your turkey's not perfect, perfectly ready or your house is a little messy, I guarantee you when the in-laws come in, if they're judgy, don't, don't invite them over anymore. <laughs> but what I'm saying, when, you, when, you, when you're connecting up with family um, and you are present, they'll remember that Thanksgiving yeah. more than they'll remember that you didn't vacuum the back room or something. Well, and also I don't, I don't think anybody on their deathbed says, I wish I kept my house cleaner. Yeah. They say, I wish I would have taken those moments with uncle Bill. Right. Sister you know, Susan. That I really would have cherished that time that I had, you know, with my family. And so cherishing it is selfish. It is not egotistical though. And this is the key. So throughout this text, the Lao, Lao Tzu, it is not advocating ego Ism, egotism, rather. Mm-hmm. Maybe ethical egoism, that's a technical, ethical perspective. But I, I, I wouldn't use that because what it's really trying to say is nourish and empower your true self yeah. and let the rest follow. As opposed to what, um, what I believe we were taught systematically across denominations in American evangelicalism. Something we were taught that Aiden, unfortunately, said was in the whole curriculum, just never explicit. And that is, don't take time for yourself. Mm. Crush yourself for the system, for the religion, for whatever. Your autonomy is crushed. Your identity is evaporated. Your needs are unimportant. Your feelings are unimportant. Your critical thinking is dangerous. All of that can be remedied by this lesson. That's why we care about it. If we're worried about religious violence, religious abuse, spiritual abuse, emotional abuse in churches and, and religious communities, the key is to be your own guru. And nobody wants to let you be your own guru. And some people are afraid. And I understand. Sometimes you need some serious advice. So go get yourself a mentor. <laughs> Do not get yourself a, a person who's putting themselves as uh, over you as the person who's doing your thinking for you, doing your feeling for you, or asking you to sacrifice everything that you are for their glory. That's dangerous, all too common. That's the thing to reject. You need to not worry so much about your, uh, your position, your ego and all that, but you want to let your true self shine. You want to feed and water that true self and let it blossom into a powerful, powerful sage, well, and, a Tao surfer. And by being able to be present and in touch with your body, your body will let you know what it needs when you check in with it, right? Do you, I mean, do you have neck and shoulder pain? You've been maybe carrying too much stress in some of those areas or perhaps the way you're sitting on your you know, with your computer and stuff, because there's so much now that we do online that, you know, it's just terrible for our posture. I think I got to switch to the other side of the couch. (laughs) (laughs) It's always on this side. But but just stopping and taking inventory of your body and seeing where my pain is, where do I, where, what parts do I need to stretch? You know, what parts 
are a little, you know, too stiff and, and that I, you know, been stuck in certain postures. It's really important to, to take that moment just to figure out where am I carrying my stress and, or, mm. or even if you catch yourself at a very stressful time, just stop for a second, take a deep breath and take that body inventory. You know, where yeah. are my, where are my emotions right now? Where are my thoughts right now? Yep. Is this going to change anything? Is this helpful? You know, is there another way I can maybe just pause for a second and not get wrapped up in the panic of a situation? And is there a clear way forward or maybe, you know, somewhere that would offer better direction rather than flailing about if you're, you know, finding yourself just at this really stressful moment? You know, maybe you realize, okay, my computer's not charged. I've got a meeting coming up. You know, the, the kids need, you know, these things or whatever. And it's like, okay, take a moment and breathe and then prioritize what's the most, you know, maybe you could just text the person that you're supposed to have a meeting with and say, you need to be 15 minutes late. Buy yourself that time just to make sure you can then get your computer done and you can take care of the kid real fast. Then you can then be present in the meeting. But if you haven't addressed maybe the kid, then all of a sudden when you're trying to do, or the dog, for instance, when you're trying to do your, your meeting, then they're getting in the way of it anyway. And that's not going to be productive either. So there's a lot of things when you can just, instead of panicking, just stop for a second, take mm. a breath, take an inventory and figure out what's my best move forward. Yeah. So why don't we go to the last chapter? Yeah, the last chapter is 73. And it says, The parody of courage that is recklessness ends in death. True courage respects limits and preserves life. The former leads to doom. The latter leads to flourishing. Who knows why heaven judges as it does? Even sages sometimes find it hard to understand. The holy Tao doesn't compete and yet it wins, doesn't speak, yet offers the perfect response, doesn't demand worship, yet many are drawn to it in devotion, seems laid back, but has an ancient plan. Heaven's net stretches expansively, and its mesh is wide. Nothing slips through it. Now, there's so much going on there, but the part that matters to us I think that's really important is when we think about Sabbath and we think about Sabbath as a day that you have to sacrifice one out of seven days, sacrifice to the God in the heavens that needs you to not have a good day, Mm -hmm. needs you to uh, scrape your knees up in, in bowing before him. And I think a lot of people taught us that that's what church was. Like, I'm only saved by the blood of Christ. Jesus is the only reason um, that uh, I have a relationship with God. I don't need to do good works to be in heaven. However, I've been getting this sense that uh, many, many Christians, uh, many Lutherans even, um, are saying, well, if I don't go to church, I might not go to heaven. And I think that's bad theology. I don't see anywhere in the Bible it says that you need to go to church 90% of the time, 80% of the time, 50% of the time, Christmas and Easter. Like, is God sitting there with a ledger mm-hmm. that says, I hate you unless you come to my birthday party. <laughs> I hate you unless you come to my weekly gatherings. Wow. I just think that everybody, a lot of people think this. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. <laughs> that, you, that, that God needs you to do that as a performance right. to get merit. Right. As, if, as if God, you know sees it needs that needs to be worshiped in order yeah. 
He's like, like there's something that sad. God gets like, from it. You Come know? on, everybody, love my son and be cool with me. And I want to hear a lot of. I want all the verses, all five verses of your hymn, <laughs> lauding and magnifying my holy name. Now, if, for him, like God needs it. Otherwise, God kind of is sad. I mean. But the real church, though, is when you know that we're all going to gather together in prayer. And right now, I need to be lifted up in prayer. Or I just need, you know, to to join together with this community and and just step away from everything. To center, to regroup, right. to be loved, to be heard, to be encouraged. We've been checking in at church, and it's hard to hear all of the the struggles that a mm-hmm. lot of our fellow congregation members are going through. Mm-hmm. Um. LA got shut down where our church is before Orange County did. Now we're back in the purple. The economy can be difficult. One of our fellow congregation members was working tirelessly with the elections mm-hmm. and thanklessly in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. And so um, what does this text say about thinking maybe about the Tao and, and the sublime and the holy maybe in a slightly different way? I mean, I think the first thing is, the holy is everywhere. It's not just on Sunday mornings right. in some building. But what what does the Tao do? Like, is the Tao like some sky god that's demanding sacrifice? <laughs> well, no, it's actually quite, it's quite the opposite as far as, you know, it doesn't compete and yet it wins. So it's like this, there's this whole part where it doesn't need to prove itself. It doesn't need to be worshipped. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't even need to speak and yet people can feel the response they want this devotion (laughs) towards it people naturally are drawn to it every knee will bow and every tongue will mm -hmm. confess as uh, saint john the revelator said or as jesus said if people don't cry out hosanna as i come into the city the rocks will proclaim the hosannas so in other words the whole heaven and earth are filled with the glory yeah and when we see the sublime we bow. It reminds me of um, that lake up at Glacier National Park at the end of that long washboard road. Describe it, Stacey. When you get to the very end of Bowman Lake, that beautiful scene, what do people do? You just, I mean, you almost can't help but just be silent and just stand there. And sometimes you kind of want to touch it, but it's freezing water, right? But you (laughs) you just want to behold. You behold and you kind of worship the the holiness. Everyone bows before the holiness. And most of the people seem to be from a Christian background. Mm. So they're not bowing to nature itself as pantheists, but they are bowing before the sublime. They are recognizing it. So that when we kind of whip ourselves into worship on a Sabbath, Mm -hmm. That's not really Sabbath. When we come and create that space so that we can be aware of the holiness that's all around us mm-hmm. and is truly holy and is present for us. And, and certainly um, in different religious traditions, there are very important things like the Eucharistic feast that, that God might be present in, with, and under all things, the trees, the birds, the flowers, and the baby's feet. <laughs> they little curl up, little cute little baby's feet. <laughs> all those beautiful things, that's, we can experience the presence of the holy there. But, but for Christians, there's something unique and special about the Eucharistic holiness and presence, that sacramental presence. But even there, it's not like you got to go and get something so you can store up some points. No, it's, it's tapping into yeah. this calming, this... Power even. Yeah, this know. beauty, this, I don't know, this like whole thing. And the other part that I like 
is when it says seems laid back but has an ancient plan. There's sometimes like Augie was wearing the shirt, why God, why? Right. Yeah. And he had this really crazy days of food server. And so it was just this, I guess, kind of mess upon mess that was happening with, you know, different things. And the day was going terribly wrong. And he opens up his work shirt with the t-shirt underneath and his coworkers saw the why God, why? And they're like, oh, there's never been a more fitting day (laughs) for wearing that shirt. The other time that shirt came in handy, I was talking about this at the uh, Viking stadium. We We put Augie in that shirt up up yeah. on, the, on the big screen yeah. because uh, that was the shirt that we bought at the Father John Misty concert where we thought we were going to die from a terrorist attack <laughs> when in fact the terrorist was just a drunk guy peeing. Mm-hmm. Call back earlier to alcohol culture versus the weed culture mm-hmm. at concerts. You know, you go to a heavy metal concert, more likely you get in a fist fight than a reggae concert. <laughs> and the music and the uh, medicines and the toxins that they're putting in their bodies are going to be different. Mm. Anyway, so there are those moments where it does feel like is God there or is does the universe even care? Right? (laughs) Does it? Do I even matter? (laughs) Yeah. This text. This text is asking. Like even the sage sometimes can't really see what the heavens judgment is. I do want to back up for one other part too, because the first part says the parody of courage that is recklessness ends in death, and I think that that also sort of can even look at the level of. If you think that you're being courageous to then be self-sacrificial in a mm. moment, there's a recklessness with that. There can be. There's a rec- there can be yeah. with your butt. No, there are times though when we need to have true courage. We do need to stand right. up. But if you're if you're doing it and respecting certain limits, that preserves life. What is especially your own? Yeah. What What is possible here? You know, I, I'm 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 envisioning sort of the rock climber who, if you're just going to take this crazy risk, well, yeah. If you're a free climber and mm. you're going to do this, you know, there is a recklessness that you could do. Now you can also be free climbing uh, and know and know your limits. Know when you know what this one this climb is a little bit past what I'm able to handle right now, and yeah. I, I should probably wait for another day. Right. Yeah. Um, that there is a a self-preservation, but also I would say the ability that there is a Sabbath to that. There is a a selfishness to some of of that where I'm not going to go to the part that now pushes into beyond my limits or beyond what I should because it just isn't healthy. You know, it's just not, not good. Now, sometimes what we are saying too is with the sage, there is sometimes a very fine line in some of those scenarios. And it can be really hard to determine, is this something that is too hard for me? Is it, is it reckless mm-hmm. or do I actually just need to stand up and take action here? You know, cause, cause that matters too. Yeah. So I know it's a little off subject, but it does kind of sort of peripherally yeah. <laughs> relate. And I think it's important to know our limits, to know when we've had too much, to know when we've pushed ourselves too far. Yep. So we don't push into the unhealthy part and get ourselves sick. Don't overheat the engine. Right. That's part of this. Yeah. It's being natural. It's, it's taking seriously the natural and intuitive um, alerts that your body and, and your psyche can, can send you. And think about it. We, we need sleep at night. Yeah. If we don't sleep, then it doesn't take very many nights of when you have no sleep that you actually start to you kind of go crazy. Yeah. It, 
it really does affect That's when I saw the, the, the werewolf chupacabra mm-hmm. creature in the desert. I just was sleep deprived. We are, or there was a chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> but we're hardwired, you yeah, know, to right. need sleep at night, to need rest. Yeah. And we don't, we think that that sleep at night is the only thing, <laughs> but it's bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah, we need to we need to have that rest built into our days. We need to take sabbaticals. I mean, that was huge for us. Mm-hmm. Being able to go live in the truck and get away for a while helped us to realize why are we anxious in Christian academic circles? And I couldn't really figure it out in it. I had to figure it out outside, you know, mm-hmm. at the at the farm commune or in the mountains by the bat cave or whatever. And mm-hmm. getting that space wasn't detracting from my academic work. It was what has fueled the next phase of my academic work and my life work. And so, you know, not everybody gets that privilege. That's what's great about being an academic. Um, you get those times to reset, but to the extent that you can in whatever your life work is, well, use that instead of trying to turn your vacation into another set of things you got to do. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> but, and I would say too, when I've been to places and, and, and been sometimes in the most impoverished places, that's where I've found though, the greatest sense of community, the greatest yeah. sense for love for one another. We have danced and partied better Yes, with low-income communities than in Irvine. Irvine doesn't know how to party, okay? (laughs) This affluent, decadent, not decadent, it's affluent and bougie place doesn't really have a lot of fun. It's not enjoying itself as much as it could. I really, I'm serious. Yes, of course. And when we, yeah, and this is not this, this is not this kind of thing that you see in Titanic where the rich people like, you know, have this fetish for like kind of going down and hanging out with the poor people and... It is that in the sense that it's true <laughs> sometimes that there's more joy. It's not to say that there isn't hardship there. It's that, that the one thing that they've got that you can't take away from them is that ability to say, I'm going to take the space. Or more importantly, people who work three jobs, you know, kind of during the week and then come meet up with us at the river, mm-hmm. you know, that are uh, f- like first generation immigrant families that have a really good time by the river on Saturday with the you know, right. the they food take, that they're cooking up and the, the children. And, I've I always want, I dream of being a part of those groups. Yeah, I wish I could. Because <laughs> they're, yeah. so, they're having so much fun and it's like like everybody from the the little babies and to the grandparents. It's yeah. like intergenerational. And it just, just being together. Yeah, yeah. And doing, you know, even even so much that they were, uh, had this, this particular family that had this playlist and I could tell that it was influenced from the older yeah, grandpa. I, you know, somebody put it together. No, this, <laughs> this is what happened. You, you were going to say, well, go ahead. Yeah. I just, I, I, I figured out, I think what they had done is they said, everybody send me your, your top 50 mm-hmm. favorite songs. So they mashed them together. So sometimes it would be a really cool, like 1950s kind of Latin rhythm. And then there's like ranchero music and then death, Mexican death metal. <laughs> it was so <laughs> eclectic and it seemed like it covered, the diversity that was in the group. Yeah. Yeah. And honored everybody's Everybody. taste in music. Yeah. So if you don't like the track, just wait till the next one comes. Right. Um, yeah. I wish the death metal would have not been there because they, <laughs> they also, unfortunately, pointed their massive speaker system at us, not themselves. So we right. had to listen to the, but we didn't care. We didn't mean. Well, it felt like we were very much in the in moment. In the party well, with you know, them. Yeah. So. so I have friends. But my point yeah. is it doesn't take money even to, to step away for a second. And even if all you have is... Just a, a moment 
to take maybe a, a nice little walk in the evening right after dinner or something and just breathe deeply and just get to yourself for a second. Take inventory, you know, that's all you need to do because it's when in those moments that you can start to feel that deep peace upon peace. Thank you so much, friends, for joining us for this episode of the Protect Your Noggin podcast. You want to join in on the conversation? We'd love to respond to your questions or comments on a future show. You can record a message by going to protectyournoggin.org and clicking on the blue voice message button. And don't worry about getting it perfect since you'll have five minutes and a chance to preview your message before sending. You can also send an email if you're not comfortable with leaving a voice message. Please also follow us on Twitter at the PYNP and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you found this show of any help, uh, why not share it with a friend? Until next time, peace upon peace, friends. But he said there wasn't any letter. He said I was going out of my mind. Not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind. Why? Why? That's because you found this letter low too much.